Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. again. This is hour two of Mornings with Carmen on this 18th of May. If you missed the first hour, I encourage you to go and listen later at MyFaithRadio.com on the Faith Radio app. We repost it as a podcast. You can just ask your, you know, I don't know, whatever your podcast service is, they'll find it. Mornings with Carmen, it'll be there. Um, we had some great conversations with Jeff Bilbro and with Ruth Kramer. Um, bringing the mind of Christ to bear on the issues of the day. Encourage you to check that out. Um, here, uh, we're going to talk about McDonald's. I know you're saying to yourself, what, what, why in the world are we talking about McDonald's? Well, <clears throat> McDonald's is now, I think I, I shared this yesterday, seeking to sell all of its 850 locations in Russia. Not as McDonald's franchises. This is not a franchise opportunity, uh, but in a an effort to leave the country altogether. Uh, and McDonald's has never left a country after opening its doors. And you may say to yourself, well, why does that matter? Well, in 1996, uh, Thomas Friedman, who's a columnist and, a, and, and I would say at this point now a social and economic commentator, um, he came up with what's known as the Golden Arches Theory of Conflict Prevention. And it was the notion that no two countries that both had McDonald's franchises would go to war with each other. Uh, And that held true up to that point in time. Um, At that point in time, no two nations that had a McDonald's franchise went to war with each other because people in McDonald's countries, he said, quote, don't like to fight wars. They like to wait in line for burgers. Countries with middle classes large enough to sustain a McDonald's have reached a level of prosperity and global integration that makes warmongering risky and unpalatable to its people. Well, Russia has now um, proven Thomas Friedman wrong. Apparently, uh, even though having reached a level of prosperity and global integration, Russia um, still thinks warmongering is not too risky and certainly not unpalatable to its people. Uh, I think that matters. I think that economic prosperity and economic parity does not resolve the very human sinful drive for the world to be made in our image. And in the case of Vladimir Putin, that image is a restoration of the former glory of Mother Russia. So McDonald's Big Macs for his people uh, or a mega yacht for himself, arguably the richest man in the world, um, Putin's not satiated. That has not satiated his appetite for more. He still wants what he wants. And there's a worldview lesson that we should heed in that. It's also an opportunity for us to talk about um, the, the human heart and its wickedness. So now Russia is getting exactly what Putin didn't want. So Finland and Sweden have formally applied for membership in NATO. Russia's uh, president, Vladimir Putin, has demanded that the alliance stop expanding toward Russia's borders. Uh, The acceptance of Finland in particular would give um, NATO a more than 800 mile long border directly with Russia. 
Several uh, NATO allies, including the United States and Britain, have signaled that they stand ready to provide security support to Finland and Sweden should um, Putin try to provoke or destabilize them during the time that it's going to take for them to become full members of NATO. And while NATO Secretary General Jens Stalenberg said Wednesday that the military alliance stands ready to seize the historic moment and move quickly on allowing Finland and Sweden to join the ranks, Turkey publicly objected. So it's not as if there is a universal agreement on this front. So we're going to bring the Nordic countries, uh, Scandinavian countries, into focus this morning, not only Finland and Sweden, um, but Norway. And to Norway, we have sent Bill English. Okay, we didn't really send him to Norway, but he's in Norway. So he's reporting to us next from Norway. We're just going to ask him, hey, what's going on there? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Apparently yesterday in Norway was Constitution Day, similar to our 4th of July. Bill English, were you in fact wearing Norway constitutional attire and what were you doing? Well, I was attending a parade, but the best I got was a top hat off of another guy. Yeah, we went, we're near Hamar, Norway. Um, We're at the YWAM base in Grimrud. And uh, so we went over to Hamar and watched the parade. It's fabulous, Carmen. You should do it sometime. Oh my gosh. I should I should totally assign myself to go somewhere like right. You you are serving as our um, international correspondent direct from Norway today. I don't okay. think we are in any way um, responsible for uh, your travel or anything else. But you're at a YWAM event. Um, that sounds fun. Uh, remind people what is YWAM and what are you doing over there? Well, YWAM youth with a mission. Right. And so uh, YWAM is just the colloquial way to say youth with a mission. I'm teaching the fourth of a six-week course to missionaries uh, who plan to use business as mission. I'm teaching them basically everything that can go wrong with business and how to plan for those eventualities so that when they're on the mission field, we've lowered those the risk of those things actually happening. And if they do happen, they know how to respond to it so it doesn't interrupt the evangelism efforts that they're that they're God is calling them to. Okay, some of them should make baby formula because apparently that's a business opportunity that is not fully exploited. I'm just saying uh, that in my <laughs> Maybe so, but there's a it takes a lot of money to get going in baby formula. <laughs> I know. Um, all right, so um, Norway. Uh, when you look around, like, what do you see? What's happening? What's happening there beyond their uh, Constitution Day celebrations? Is it spring? Uh, well, it's, it's spring. Uh, the uh, wheat has been planted and is coming up. It's about, I would say, six inches high, and. Uh, the hostas are coming up too. They're about mm. four or six inches high. It was a beautiful day yesterday. I would say it's in the mid fifties to low sixties. Yesterday it hit into the mid seventies and there's no bugs. So people in Minnesota will appreciate this. No bugs. It's wonderful. 
right. We're talking with Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. Um, he's reporting to us this morning from Norway. So I'm wondering, is there, you know, are people talking about uh, the application of Finland and Sweden to NATO? What what else are people talking about? Like, what's the chatter? Uh, we're not talking politics here. Um, I think YWAM tries to stay away from that. Uh, we are talking about business as mission on the mission field. So I'm doing a lot of teaching and having discussions with future missionaries on how to fund their businesses, how to put the governance in place for their businesses. Uh, some of them are going into uh, some of the most dangerous countries on earth for Christians. And I'm not going to say which countries those are, but you can figure that out relatively quickly. And uh, some of them, God has called to go into those countries and start businesses as a way to share the gospel. And uh, I'm just helping them, you know, get ready to go. All right. Listeners are totally enthusiastic. I have some um, some text to read to you, Bill. Um, and hey, if you're listening right now and you want to text me, you know you can do that. 877-933-2484. Mary says, uh, I went a few places with YWAM when I was a young adult, and I have many YWAM connections. She also is in agreement that I should assign myself to visit somewhere like Norway sometime. Um, Anne says, all my cousins live in Norway, and they were all wearing their national costumes while celebrating yesterday. So that is really fun. Maybe you took a top hat from one of Anne's cousins. Uh, and, and David is celebrating with us that yesterday was Norway's Constitution Day, similar to our 4th of July. So there you go. People checking in. Not surprising that we have listeners of Norwegian heritage, since we have so many folks listening across the upper Midwest of the United States and um, uh, and such a strong influence there from uh, from the Nordic or Scandinavian countries. All right, we're going to continue our conversation with Bill English in just a moment. I'm going to ask him specifically to tell us a little bit more about business as mission. I actually think that every Christian who's in business should approach it this way, regardless of where you live. So have you considered that your business is a mission? And that our mission is always the business of God. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Paul Perot, is that some Nordic song we're listening to? Well, kind of, sort of, yes. Um, it's uh, from an old 80s Swedish pop group, Karamba, and it's called Haba Haba Zoot Zoot. It's, it's really actually just gibberish. It's, yeah. Oh, haba haba zoot zoot yeah. is not. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah, yeah. I have all kinds of thoughts. <clears throat> I will leave them right there. <laughs> Bill English is here from BibleAndBusiness.com. He is currently in Norway. He is helping to train up individuals at Youth with a Mission, YWAM, um, who are going to do business as mission in places around the world. Bill, when we think of business as mission, we're not just talking about like, mission or ministry tacked onto business. We're talking about an intentional integration. Um, and so talk with us a little bit about that. Talk, talk about the potential that business has, not just to generate wealth, um, but to be a platform from which, you know, the the gospel can go forth um, as the kingdom of God, you know, is demonstrated on earth as it is in heaven. You know, I think it was Milton Friedman and I could be wrong on the quote. The quote's accurate. I'm just not sure who made it. He said, uh, business is 
the only way we've ever devised by mankind to get two groups who hate each other to work together. And when you look at business as mission, you get the opportunity in business to touch the lives of people who would never otherwise connect through other social means. And so you have business owners who are Christians, and yeah, they, we, we can generate wealth for the kingdom, but as mission, we look at our business as an entrustment from God where we have an opportunity to touch the lives and share the gospel, not just with employees, but with vendors, partners, customers, community leaders, and all the rest uh, who uh, come into contact with our business in a way that we could never otherwise do. And that's business as mission. If you if you look at business as simply satisfying the financial needs of the shareholders, which has been very popular uh, since probably the 90s um, as a reason for business to exist, th then I think you're pretty myopic and pretty narrow. But as a Christian, if you view it as a mission, um, that, then I think you're much closer to God's heart and why he created business in the first place. Mm. You know, I think about... Uh in scripture, you know, we have evidence that, um, you know, there was like the full integration of tent making, right? <laughs> was, right. Right. Um, but we also have, you know, Lydia, who obviously, you know, was a, a, a an accomplished businesswoman and um, an integrated, uh, fully integrated that into her new life in Christ. I, I think that sometimes we think of business and our business life as somehow separate from um, our Christian life. And I, I love the way, Bill, how you, you continue to demolish that, uh, that intellectual barrier. You know, I got 15 students this week who are called to missions and they're called to business ownership. But, so the calling to, and God's remember God's calling is irrevocable, right? And so, um, these kids, uh, most of them kids, um, are, uh, they're going to head out into countries, some here in Norway and some in other countries, and they're going to start businesses. And they're going to risk real money, and they're going to work really long hours, but they're going to meet people. And over time, they're going to develop the, the relationships necessary to share the gospel. That's business as mission. And I, I'm just blessed to be teaching in this course for one out of the six weeks that it's going on here. That is so fun. All right, so we have a listener question. I'm not going to try to uh, read it in in Norwegian, but so I'll just ask this. Can you speak Norwegian? No, I do not. Because, you know, a, t a texted question in a foreign language could be a setup to get me to say something on the radio that's horribly inappropriate. So, And I wouldn't know because I don't speak Norwegian. Uh, uh, so in answer to the person texting a question in Norwegian, um, I won't be reading your question because I don't know what it says. <clears throat> but those are fun <laughs> words that you've typed into the text line this morning. Um, so, uh, so Bill, you're over there how long? And, um, and I, I just, you know, I just have curiosities about the experience in the country. So, you know, I have images that are com probably completely wrong of what it looks like. Um, so can you just like be my eyes and tell me what does it look like where you are? Uh, it is gorgeous. Carmen, it is beautiful here. It's just, it's just fabulous. The people here, the culture is so kind 
and so generous and so uh, accommodating of foreigners. Uh, they are, this is just a wonderful people. And uh, we've had nothing but a good experience. We leave on Saturday. Uh, Kathy, my wife, is here with me. And uh, we, you know, I'll be teaching through Saturday morning and then we take off. And so the one thing I've noticed, another thing I've noticed about the Norwegians here is how easily they transition between uh, nor the Norwegian language and the English language. And almost everybody is equally proficient in both languages. And so it's just been a, I, I can't say enough positive about our experience here in Norway so, so far. Mm. All right, I've pulled images up online, um, and it looks like you're in farm country. So that's why you made reference yes. to the wheat. I see that. Yes. It's, yes. it's beautiful. It is beautiful. All right. It is yeah, beautiful. Stunning. All right, Bill, as always, thank you so much uh, for being here with us. Uh, we'll be praying for you as you are um, instructing students at, at YWAM um, in, a, in a course on business's mission. I just love that. And we look forward to... Um, talking with you next time when you're back in the States. I look forward to it as well, Carmen. You have a good day, okay? Thank you, and travel mercies. That's Bill English. You can find him at BibleAndBusiness.com or right now in Norway. We'll be right back. love. I mean, God is love. You could just settle into that for just a moment. God is love and God loves you fiercely. You are fiercely loved. Whew. You are fiercely loved. We're going to talk with Lisa Bevere next. Uh, her new book is Fiercely Loved. We're going to roam around in the love of God. Um, what does that mean practically to you today? God's love is revealed to us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Love is the first and greatest commandment, that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and yes, that we should love our neighbors as ourselves. 1 John chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 13, um, love chapters in the Bible. Jesus says, a new command I give you, that you should love one another as I have loved you. And in the context um of offering that new commandment, Jesus has stooped down and served his disciples. Greater love has no one than this, that he should lay down his life for his friends. God is love, fierce love, active love, a pursuing love. God loves you fiercely. Will you allow God to love you like that today? Will you allow God to love you like that today? Friend, you are fiercely loved. Lisa Bevere joins me next. What's on your mind today? What are you thinking about? What are your God thoughts? What are you thinking about God? 
And what do you think God thinks about you? Just pause there for a moment. We spend a lot of time talking about what we think about God, having God thoughts. But when was the last time you just paused for a moment and considered what God thinks about you? First of all, God thinks about you. He doesn't just tolerate you. He loves you. He loves you fiercely. Fiercely loved is Lisa Bevere's new book, and she joins us now. Lisa, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Uh, It is so good to be with you, and I love that you are tackling this topic. Well, I'm tackling in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm tackling this topic because you've inspired me to tackle this topic. Talk about the um, talk about the need for not just this book, but the need for this conversation. We do not often consider the conversation about God's love from this vantage point, which is his vantage point. Absolutely. Well, and you know what, what I kind of, my whole focus for this book was, gosh, if I don't change the way people think that God is thinking about them, they are not going to actually have the frame of reference to be able to receive his love or to give his love. And, and you and I both know there tends to be a little bit of a tendency where, oh, yes, God loved me when I first heard the gospel. He, he loved me when I was first lost, but then I messed up a bunch of times. And so he probably now tolerates me rather than adores, loves, or has treasured thoughts towards me. And, you know, it kind of flies in the face of a lot of our reasoning when we read Psalm 139, verse 17 through 18. It says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? Now, right there, wait, wait, God has precious thoughts about you. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So what does that tell us? That tells us that there's not a moment. What God is not thinking good, treasured, precious thoughts about us, towards us, and they're innumerable and constant. So I love this idea. And, you know, I, I think that way in a very limited human capacity about my grandbabies. I never mm-hmm. am thinking anything less than, oh, my goodness, even when they're ridiculous, I'm like, they're adorable. I think they're awesome. I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to have them run into my arms. I never think, wait a minute, uh, what, if, what if they did that thing they did before one more time? I don't have those thoughts towards them. I have thoughts of good. And I think that God has this potential of loving us into the person that we were created to be. I've even seen that in a very limited form in my marriage. My husband has done such a great job in 40 years of marriage of loving me well, where the person that I was when we first fell in love is not the person that I am now. I have grown more in the likeness of the love I've been shown. But somehow we think God is displeased, disengaged on the sideline of our life, hoping that we'll grow to some place of worthiness of his love. And he knows, hey, wait, that's not the way it works. I have loved you. I have loved you. I've I've set my heart on you. I have loved you with an everlasting love, and I am drawing you with loving kindness. Lisa, I, I 
I love that. Um, I mean, I deeply appreciate, um, first of all, the scriptural threads that you're pulling. This is not, um, if you're listening right now and you're saying to yourself, all right, uh, Lisa thinks that God's love is like the love she has for her grandbabies. No, Lisa recognizes that the love that she has for her grandbabies is reflective of the way that God loves us. Like, right, there's a, there is um, a way that we love and experience love that's reflective of the way the Father loves us. Um, and so when Lisa talks about adoring her grandchildren, um, no matter what, in every moment um, and having a fierce love for them, that is reflective of um, the love that God has for us as his children. Talk about the word fierce, um, because I think that when you add that to uh, the description of God's love for us, something happens in me. Like I, the idea that God loves me fiercely um, encourages and emboldens me in ways that other adjectives would not. Yeah, and I felt like I had to be intentional with that word. Well, first and foremost, it's a protective love. It's mm-hmm. a love that consumes what would unmake the one he loves. You know, when I think about the word fierce, I think how God describes himself like a mama bear robbed of its cubs, like a lioness. I mean, he is not uh, dispassionate. He is not uh, neutral when it comes to his feelings for us. He has a fierce, passionate, protective, and I would even dare to say all-consuming love, that that love wants to consume what actually, and again, I I want to use the term unmakes us. See, the truth is sin unmakes us. The truth is that whenever I do things that are contrary to to the way God has created me and woven me, that I become less of who I am. So it's interesting that this God who fiercely loves actually has a fierce hate towards the things that would undermine his love for us and undermine who he is and undermine who we are. You know, when you look at the Bible, this God who is love actually hates. And that's a crazy concept. But God says that he hates those things that basically unmakes those he loves. And so what God hates, which is not a who, what God hates is always about protecting who God loves. And so there's not a neutrality. Uh, I, have never, uh, I have never been able to read through the Bible and see God be neutral. He's always fierce. He's always uh, astounding. And I love that you clarified that. I'm not saying that my love for my grandkids has even any neared the ability to capture the type of love that God has, because of course my human love is going to be frail and fragile in comparison. And I think that is another aspect of fierce. It it encompasses a love that we don't even understand. I mean, when we read in the scripture, it says that that love is as Strong as death in Song of Solomon eight six. I mean that is not that is not a dispassionate or passive. It's a fierce love, and I, I just love that we need to actually look at that and understand that that's the kind of love that the bridegroom has for his bride. Mm. Fierce love, um, a protective love, a pursuant love, a consistent love, 
um, mm-hmm. when you um, when you unpack these ninety devotionals in Fiercely Loved, um, you know you could have done you could have done a lot more than ninety. Um, how did you you know how did you settle on these? And are there uh, are there a couple that stand out to you as like if people only knew one or two of these, um, which ones would you highlight, or which ones have others? said, you know, gosh, this really spoke to me? Well, it's been interesting. I actually, I found out that a lot of people needed to hear the first couple to be able to hear all of the rest of them. Mm. So the idea, the whole concept that you and I have been talking about, that God actually thinks about them in a way that is not judging. They feel fiercely judged, not fiercely loved. So when I, when that confrontation of, you know, first of all, Jesus loves me, this I know, not being white noise, but being a, a revelation that is ever-expanding, you know, that every day is another revelation of Jesus's God's love for me. And if people have a, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that, I've heard that, it's not, it's because they've never really experienced that, whether they haven't acknowledged God's mercy and his love in his life, or whether they just have become um, kind of jaded or imagine that God's love for me is like maybe an ex-husband's love for me or, you know, a friend that betrayed me's love. And maybe we measure people's love and we say, oh, that must be the way God loves. Well, no, God is love. Like I have love for my grandkids, but I'm not love for my grandkids. God is love. And so I think a lot of that kind of mindset needed to be shaken on the very front end for people to actually hear the rest. Because you and I both know it takes some time to get something from my head into my heart. And so when we did the 90-day devotionals, we thought that was really important. But um, having said all that, if you can't hear that God is engaged with you on an intimate, close level, then, then there's certain things that you can't hear later. And I would say, actually, um, number eight is really important to me. And it's on page 24, if you've got that in front of you. Uh, but one thing that God cannot do is lie. And that, that's mm. going on. He will not repeat the lies others have spoken of you. He will not allow a label to be your limit. With him, every label falls away, even the ones you've written on yourself. He calls you by name not the names you've been called. He's been face-to-face with your deepest longing and darkest fears. He sees your unformed places. He sees the disappointment. He sees the cries of the frightened and the lonely. He feels the pain of the shunned and isolated. He sees the heaving tumult of humanity in crisis. He sees snares of sin and shame. He sees through the fathoms of darkness, the great color of your world. God sees all of this and speaks light. Others may call you girl. He calls you daughter. Others Mm. may call you a failure. He calls you daughter. You may call yourself heterosexual, transgender, asexual, lesbian, or any other of the fastest form of labels, but he calls you his own. An identity as daughter of the Most High God is a higher, it reaches higher and deeper than gender, deeper than your worst failures, and deeper than even your wildest dreams. And I think that we have gotten content with labels rather than an understanding of identity. This world is not our home. 
And there is a longing inside of each and every one of us that we can never fix or we can never fill while we walk this earth. But there is something that cries out for more that we were woven for in our mother's womb before we were ever born. We were born this way with a longing for our creator. Oh, Lisa, that is so good. Um, If you're listening right now, my guest is Lisa Bevere. We're talking about her new book, Fiercely Loved. And yes, I do have some copies to give away today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to have a longer conversation about being fiercely loved up next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Do you believe that the Father's thoughts toward you are wildly wonderful? That is uh, from Fiercely Loved by Lisa Bevere. Lisa, let's continue um, talking about Fiercely Loved, your new book. I I think you've got an event. It might even be tomorrow. Um, You want to invite people to that? Like, it's online, I think. It is, and we are doing something. We just said it's tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, which I will be way more awake by 10 o'clock. I've only had uh, two shots of espresso this morning, but uh, <laughs> uh, five by then. And we are just going to talk about this book and what it means. It's a webinar. Our team, you can go on uh, any of our social media platforms, which would be under Lisa Bevere, or they can go to lisabevere.com and just sign up. And what we've been doing, again, we, we find out who we are in community. I mean, when I, when I am a Christian in a vacuum, then I am not going to actually grow. And so what we did is we are like, get a book for you and a friend and hop on. And so we're going to be doing that tomorrow. I'm going to be doing it with my very cute and very pregnant daughter-in-law, uh, Christian. She is, her and I are going to be jumping on talking about what it means to be fiercely loved. And uh, basically, these these interesting days of being mother-in-laws and daughters-in-laws. I hit the jackpot with my daughter-in-laws, but um, again, it takes some fierce love. All right, I love that. Um, and t- um, remind us, how's the Godmother podcast going? Because we loved we loved Godmother, like we loved that we loved that oh idea, God. we loved that book. Yes. So how? Yeah, how's that going? It's going great. I mean, I'm telling you, I think more and more women are like, hey, I need a godmother. And um, I can't, I'm trying to think, when, last time when I talked to you, I had not gotten my official Italian citizenship. So now I feel like really legit. I'm, oh, yeah, totally. Dual, yeah, dual citizenship. I can flash a passport if necessary. And so many women are desperately hungry. Again, it goes back to that fierce mother. Uh, I had uh, I had the privilege of ministering last weekend, and I had mamas come up to me and said, my 18-year-old daughter was just engaged with you while you were talking, and I just couldn't believe it. And the truth is they love the fact that I say things with authority. And, mm-hmm. you know, I told them, I said, a long time ago, God said to me, you Speak like everything is a question. And part of that is being a woman, you know, oh my gosh, I don't want to exercise authority. I mean, I'm going to say it like it's a question mark. I'm going to say it like it's a suggestion. 
And God took me to the scripture where it said Jesus spoke as one who had authority, not like the Pharisees. And he said, when you ask, like my word is a question, you act like a Pharisee. And I was like, well, that is definitely not my goal. So I am going to speak what I know, the truth, what I have experienced the love of God. Because at the end of the day, everything works by love. Everything. His correction in my life is through love. His redirection in my life is through love. His, his ask for my surrender, I can surrender because he loves, you know, and he is love. So I love that there's nothing um, that needs to be neutral in this whole idea of what God thinks about when he sees his children. We're talking with Lisa Bevere. We're talking about her brand new book, Fiercely Loved. I encourage you to um, to sign up for the webinar they're doing tomorrow. You can do that at lisabevere.com or on any of uh, Lisa's social media sites. We're also giving away copies of the book today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing for the copies we have available in studio. Um, Lisa, we have... Um, you know, we have folks uh, texting in um, prayer concerns, prayer requests. Jim's aunt Helen turns a hundred today. He's going to go see wow. her. He's not. Um, you know, he has been. <clears throat> I'll, I'll use the term witnessing. He probably wouldn't do that. Um, witnessing to her over the course of um, of his adult life, but he doesn't know that she knows the Lord. And so, you know, he's just asking that we be praying for him as he goes, that he would be reflective of the fierce love of God for Helen. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Mary is lifting up a prayer as well, that her prodigal child would know the fierce love of God. Talk with us about those of us who recognize that we are fiercely loved, um, and the heart that we have for those who don't recognize it. Well, yes, and I love that you brought that up. I, I love that you and I are not left alone without counsel, mm. um, that we have the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit is the best at locating the need in somebody's life. You know, I have, uh, I have a, a powerful moment in my life where I went to go see my dad, and he was near the end of his life. I didn't know that at the time. He was an alcohol-related dementia center. And I had this realization uh, that I, he had like a little window when he knew who I was and he knew who he was surrounded by. And I thought, all right, this man is on the threshold of eternity. How do I get him saved? And in all, of course, this was going on in my brain. I heard tell him he was a good dad. Mm. I thought that is, that is a lie. He was not a good dad. And then I heard he was as good as he knew how to be. Tell him. He was a good dad. And I took my father's hands, looked him in the eyes, and I said, Dad, you were a good dad. And Carmen, that 100% Sicilian man began to shake and weep. And, and, and as he's shaking and weeping, he says, thank you. It's the only word he said the entire time he was there. We were there. My son gets up and forms the words praise over his grandfather and says, Father, we cancel his debt. He owes us nothing. We thank you that he's translated from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. And, and I watched as my dad wept and my son prayed over him. And sometimes I think we don't understand. We, we don't have to say, do you believe in Jesus? Sometimes there is this broken 
space where they've never experienced love and all they have is guilt and shame and fear. And if the Holy Spirit can go to that space, I know that's how I got saved, Carmen. Uh, my, my now husband of 40 years, he invited me to a Bible study picnic. And I remember he looked at me and he said, I haven't been on a date in two and a half years. And Carmen, I knew who I was. I knew that I was basically a man eater. I knew that I was a, a, a wild child, a, a incredibly loose, manipulative person. And then I realized that God had entrusted a pure young man to share the gospel with me. It actually broke me. It, it, I don't even know how to explain it. I just said, I, I want to do this thing. And he was like, what thing? This Christian thing. How do we do it? And so there is that Holy Spirit who is our partner, who is our helper when we are talking to people. So I'm going to believe that for for Jim as he goes with his mom. And was it Peggy who's, who's still waiting? But believing for supernatural leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jim, as he visits his Aunt Helen today. Um, and Mary for her prodigal, Mary, but but Mary. but trust me, there are lots of people listening um, with prodigals out there, um, prodigal parents, prodigal children, prodigal brothers yes. and sisters. We have a we we have a family here at Faith Radio um, that uh, you know obviously we're we're believers, but we're connected to a lot of people who are not believers, and um, and so our hearts are tender toward them, and we're always appreciative of resources that uh, equip us to. You know, to be people who winsomely share the goodness of God with others um, in in word and certainly in deed. And I love what you shared about your time with your dad. Um, we'll be praying for that kind of experience for Jim today with his uh, with his aunt Helen, um, Lisa. As always, what a joy to visit with you. We have um, we've loved uh, the time that we've gotten to spend with an increasing number of your kids um, as they've joined us as well. So. What um, what a joy. Thank you, as always, for being with us today. Oh, it's an honor, Carmen. You can uh, find Lisa at lisabevere.com. She's on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Lisa Bevere is what you're looking for. You can also find her at Messenger International, the book we're talking about today and the event tomorrow, Fiercely Loved. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. All right, we only got five seconds left for me to say have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.